Electronic walkabout. No one should have to walk through life alone. We share good times, bad times, and the best of times. Everyone needs a little direction now and again. Let TC and Wilkie show you the way. A podcast where we talk about the important things in life. Come journey with us. Electronic walkabout. Hello, this is your host TC, and together with Wilkie, we welcome you to another episode of eWalkabout a podcast where we talk about the important things in life. Well, good morning. Here we are again on a beautiful sunny Sunday morning with another electronic walkabout episode. This episode, we are more than fortunate to have my very own brother to share how he has taken a life challenge and use it to help others. Through example and a positive attitude, he has shown us what is important in life and how this should never be taken for granted. But as always, Wilkie, it's time for a good news story. Yeah, thanks, TC. And uh, you know how well I do my research for these good news stories. And I have a lot in the chamber. Yes. But I think today's good news story is our guest. And uh, this whole episode, I think, will be a good news story today. I, I totally agree with you. And thanks for coming, Chris. Uh, we yes, truly appreciate you. you. And just so you know, no pressure, but our last guest, pretty good. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Pretty good. So no pressure. Okay, no pressure. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to sharing my story with you guys. So yeah. So aside from the fact that that mom loved me best, the reason why you're here, I'm just going to ask you. Okay, what is your story? What 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 kind of hits you um, in the chicklets with a two by four, and what happened with you? Yeah, my story started when I was 31. And uh, I had a lot of things going on in my life at that time. Um, Sarah and I just had our daughter, Katie. We had bought a townhouse. Uh, I had started my own business. So I had a lot of external things going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think the pressures of all that really got to me. It's, it's one of those things where I think, you know, having a daughter and and uh, already at that point, when she wasn't even one, I was thinking about how I'm going to provide for her throughout her life. So I was putting a lot of pressure on myself for all those kinds of things. Um, as time went on, I, I started not feeling well. I would get stomach pains, like hunger pains, but really strong really, yeah. wounds in my stomach. And then that continued for quite a while. And then all of a sudden, I started throwing up quite a bit. And it could just come on anywhere like I remember being at the mall and having to just run somewhere to throw up it just would hit me without any kind of like I couldn't figure it out what was going on and then the pains in my stomach got really really extreme and then the throwing up continued and I, I got to the point where I was throwing up blood and wow. so that was that was the start of the of you know, trying to figure out what's going on. And then actually my wife, Sarah, caught me in pain one day and said, what's going on? I said, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I just, I've been having these stomach pains. I've been throwing up. And, and at first we thought maybe with the blood that it was just because I was throwing up a lot, it was just the, the stomach lining that was being, being yeah. worn yeah. and I was bleeding that way. But so anyways, we went, uh, we decided to go to the doctor and uh, as things progressed, uh, I ended up having a scope done on my on my stomach, and um, came back with results. And it's one of those days that you'll never forget. Like we walk into a doctor's office, and I'm 
we're holding our one-year-old daughter and the doctor says you have stomach cancer and there's nothing we can do right so it was like you know it was a huge shock to us especially at that age at 31 it was one of those things that uh it was really tough at first the first day was just extremely extremely difficult and it just so happened that our mom was coming down that day for uh i think her own cancer checkup in vancouver so that worked out well for me to have our mom there to help me deal with that the way it worked out that day i ended up going back to see a different doctor that kind of said this is the plan that we're going to take with you he he said i'm going to excuse me operate we are going to try to do this this and this but we won't know until we go in totally what the situation is but after seeing that doctor he gave us a little bit of hope yeah so like uh when you have one doctor say there's nothing we can do and then you go to another doctor and he says to us we're going to do this this and this and then we're like it was a little bit you know, we were a little bit more comfortable with where we were going with this whole situation. So, um, gave us a little bit of hope. Right. So, yeah. So, it's just one of those things that you, um, you're in shock at first, of course. Yeah. And then you kind of, you have to start thinking about what the next step is. So, so you know, um, thanks, thanks for sharing that. But uh, what, what I'm hearing from you is that at one point, there had to be a, a feeling of helplessness, like, and, and it must have been overwhelming for you to even say, okay, what do I do now? When you get that feeling of helplessness, you have a choice. You can either let that feeling consume you or you can do something about it. So what did you do? Well, I remember this. I remember sitting on the couch with, with our mom and I was crying and I said, I, I said, I, I can't die. I, I've got a one-year-old daughter. I've got a home. I've got a. I've got a. You know, a mortgage. Uh, all those things are in your head, right? Yeah. And then I realized I got to stop that. You can't. You can't do that. You mm-hmm. gotta. Mm-hmm. You gotta. Um, you gotta start fighting right away. That was my attitude. I gotta start fighting this thing right away. And then um, my family doctor was really good at providing me with some stuff that would help me fight that right away. So I, I just said to her, I said, I need to, it's in my head, I need to do something, you know, positive to fight this before I have my operation and before if need be do chemo or whatever, right? So she set me up with a, a few alternative things. Our family doctor kind of was uh, uh, ahead of the times. And so she was very much into um, hypnotherapy, acupuncture, uh, uh, she sent me to a homeopath. So I did all those kind of things that, and, and I took from those what I thought would help me. I didn't mm-hmm. take everything at a hundred percent. I didn't dive into every, I just picked what I thought was going to help me the best. And that's what I did. Did you waver, ever waver on your thought that I'm going to win this battle or getting back to that whole being helpless? And obviously, in your mind, you, you, you start to come up with a, uh, I don't know, um, an attack plan, right? Yeah. Uh, was there any, any, time, any time that you wavered on saying, 
So I don't know whether I can do this or not. Yeah. You know, one, that one time with our mom on the couch, and then <clears throat> there might have been a couple of times talking to Sarah about this whole thing. And probably if it wasn't for Sarah, I wouldn't be here today. She always said, you're going to beat this. And so she was really good at helping me stay positive that way. And um, I think just the fact that my personality, I like I've always been very competitive as a kid growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, I played a lot of sports. I think that competitiveness gave me the fight to beat this disease. So that, that positive attitude just just wasn't one little thing. It was it was that holistic approach where we were taking something from here, something from there. It was that how you were brought up that competitive and basically having that cheerleader in Sarah, your wife, among, you know, having that thoughts I want to be around for my, my kids, they really kind of set the stage for that positive attitude and that fight to begin. Yeah. Is that fair to I, say? I, I, totally. I, I, I remember saying I've got too much to live for. Right. Yeah. I've got way too much to live for. Uh, the alternative is to pack it in. Some people might do that. They might. I've always said I, <clears throat> when I was diagnosed with cancer, I, I didn't look at it as a death sentence. A lot of people, when they get it, they they automatically think they're going to die. Yeah. I I say um, I said I didn't look at it as a death sentence. I looked at it as a life sentence. Right. And what I say that when I say that, I tell people it it taught us at an early age what's really important to us in life. It prioritized those those things for us. Obviously. Our family was very important to us and being able to be around, that's one thing. And it's just, I think um, for me, it was just the fact that I was faced with this and really I didn't have a choice. And then I just decided I'm going to beat this. How did you, how did you, like you had your positive person in your life, your wife, Sarah, helping you along the way. How did you, how did you find the difficulties of struggling, staying positive, dealing with your mental health? throughout the whole process like i had to imagine it was like an an up and down down thing for you yeah. but how did you manage that to to keep yourself like you said staying positive on that uh i i uh for me personally for this whole situation i had an end goal which was to beat it right but from point a to point b b being conquering it there was all these little goals in between that i set right like i did uh I had to have an operation. So I wanted to get through that with, yeah, you know, yeah. with no issues. Yeah. And when I was operated on, they removed 80% of my stomach. Oh, wow. Yeah. And while they were in there, the doctor had noticed they removed lymph nodes around the stomach area. Yeah. They removed 24 of the lymph nodes around the stomach area that they removed. And <clears throat> they had found out already that three of them were cancers. So the cancer had already spread. So that's basically when he came to tell me, he said, I don't know, I have no idea why that's happened or it's just one of those things. You just kind of go, okay, well, once again. So I, I, I try to break things down where I'm, I've set a goal. So I said, so what does that mean? He says, well, you have the option of chemo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I'm going to do the, the chemotherapy. Yeah. And so that was another, another, breakdown of goals. I, I did uh, eight weeks of, of chemo treatments. I had a two drug treatment, one at the cancer clinic and then 
they would hook me up to a portable pump and then I would go home for two days and have oh. that done yeah. at home. Mm-hmm. And so that was eight weeks straight. Once again, I broke that down into trying to just get through one, at, one at a time, yeah. you know, but, and, and with the chemo, you know, at first it was kind of like, okay, this isn't too bad, but the longer you go on it, the harder it gets because they're basically poisoning you, right? Right. They're, yeah. They're trying to kill the cancer cells, yeah. but they're also killing the good cells <laughs> in your body too. Yeah. So, yeah. So once again, getting through those week by week treatments, it got tougher and tougher. And I've, I've always said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that. Not that I have any enemies, but I wouldn't wish it on any, anybody. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just one of those things that you, I mean, you don't really have a choice. You can go one way or the other with it. And I chose to take the positive route, yeah. defeat it, fight yeah. it, instead yeah. of just recoil yeah. it and just say, oh, all right, yeah. I guess it was meant to be, right? Yeah, I was just, uh, I had too much to live for. I right. was, you know, I was, like I said, I was 31. Yeah. 31, you got a whole lot of life left. Yeah. 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 So. So, so what do you what do you think was while you were going through that treatment, uh, taking it one step at a time? What do you think was your biggest challenge through that whole time frame? Well, I think I mean obviously staying positive was it was a challenge. I mean as much as as much as I um, say I this is what I did, and it was it was tough yeah. to stay positive. Yeah. So I I I think for me it was a mindset. And so I just turned things around to make it always a positive thing. So, for example, when he did tell me that three out of the 24 had cancer in them already, I just flipped it. I said, so 21 out of the 24 didn't didn't mean anything. Right. But that's it, than, it helps your headspace. Yeah, it's more of a it's like I'm not focusing on the negative. I'm yeah. focusing on what's positive. And I think that's a mindset that you have. Doesn't really matter what you're dealing with in life. It doesn't have to be a, a cancer diagnosis. It doesn't have to, it could be anything. Yeah. It's a mindset that you can train yourself to think. Exactly. So I think that's one thing that I did that really helped throughout the whole process. And it really helped me. I just tried to find something and just, if like something happened, just flip it the other way and find the positive. Yeah. Very, so, very I mean, I got 80% of my stomach removed. Well, that means I still have 20%. I still have part of my stomach. Yeah. My doctor said, you're going to probably go to a restaurant and you're never going to be able to eat a, a meal that is sent to you. Yeah. I said, okay, that's fine. Whatever. Well, I can go to a restaurant today and <laughs> have a full plate. No oh, perfect. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. I, that's another thing too. I, don't, I, I think, you know, they can tell you what you want. Yeah. They can, t- but your brain is a powerful tool, right? You don't always have to listen to what they're saying. Yeah. I mean, they're very, doctors are very scientific. Yeah, this, you, this, 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 and they will give you the bottom line. You don't necessarily. I, me personally, I didn't believe. I didn't. I chose not to believe all of the stuff that they were telling me. They have. That's their job. They have to say this is this, this, and this. And you know, Sarah always says, well. Can't, the cancer doesn't know what you can do. What the cancer can do, but they, the cancer doesn't know what you can do. That's the best line. And that's how you fight it. Ooh, that's yeah. the best line. 
But there's an important, important thing, and, it, and it's not just the, in your challenge, but it's something that's part of our lives that, that does help us move through uh, life when we have those biggest challenges. And it's a sense of humor, the ability to laugh. <clears throat> I know you probably have a couple of stories where you were going through that process and, and you took the high road uh, with humor just to take the edge off of things. Uh, you want to share? A... Yeah, well, the, the, the day that my doctor came to visit me in the hospital to tell me that the cancer had spread already. And he, he goes, um, I'm not sure why it had spread or why you actually even had stomach cancer at 31. He says, I don't know if it's, if it's just in your genes. And I, I just kind of said to him, oh, I don't think so because I said, I'm usually wearing shorts or sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me and shook his head and said, I wish I had a lot, a lot of patients like you. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, life is too serious to take seriously, right? Like yeah. sometimes you just gotta, you gotta laugh and joke about things. We were at a restaurant just after we met up with a bunch of old college friends of ours, and we went to a restaurant in the U.S. And we're all sitting around, and we order our food, and of course, I just had my stomach removed. I actually was on chemo and. I never even really wanted to eat anything at that time. Right. And I had a plate of lasagna and I maybe took a forkful and that was it. I couldn't eat. And the waiter came up and asked if there was anything wrong with it. I said, oh, no, it's, it's, it's fine. I just don't have a stomach for it. <laughs> of course, he didn't know what I was. <laughs> but everybody at, the, everybody at the table just laughed. Like, kind of <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, you gotta laugh. If you don't laugh, you're gonna cry. So, yeah. but you know, well, why? Yeah. You may as well laugh, right? Exactly. Yeah. Tell us the underwear story. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> so, of course, you know, throughout uh, throughout this process, you know, you have to over over time, you have to go for checkups. And um, so, I went to see the surgeon who took care of me, and he was he was doing a checkup. He's doing his thing, and then he. He asked me to lie on my side. And I said, oh, no, come on. Really? He goes, yeah. And he's putting the glove on, so he's going yeah. to check things out for me. And I'm like, oh, great. And then I realized, uh-oh, I've got uh, a pair of underwear I'm wearing or just, like, being held together by threads down there. <laughs> there are holes everywhere. Yeah. So I said to him, uh, listen, I didn't realize you were going to be doing this, but... Um, this is the situation. You don't even have to pull down my underwear. You can just find a hole. And, open it. and he was kind of laughing about it. And I was like, oh, I had no idea you were going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was quite funny. But so then on my fifth year anniversary of being cancer free, I framed that pair of underwear for him and gave it to him and said, thanks for not letting anything fall through the holes. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean the thing is to make it to five years was a big deal for right. me, like yeah. considering that I was given six months to live after it's a big month. Yeah. yeah, so it was it was a big deal. So uh, I he still has it apparently. Oh awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. So 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 a couple things. First of all, that's why mom always said make sure you have clean underwear on. Yes. But They're it was clean. more like, <laughs> but they were just holy. In case you were in an accident, that yep. was always the thing. Just yeah. in case, so I'm thinking, yeah. whatever. Yep. And and the other thing, you talk about being cancer-free. 
and I know there's a lot of people that, that know people, loved ones that, that have cancer, had cancer or whatever, that whole cancer-free thing. Is there like a year cancer-free, two years cancer-free? How does that work and what does it mean to you? Yeah. Honestly, for me personally, obviously every, every situation could be different. I don't, you know, for me personally, when I had my stomach removed, to me, that was it. I was cancer-free. That, that's the attitude I took. Right. Yeah. Um, and the reason I the reason I did the chemo, it was I didn't have to, but I thought because it had spread to my lymph nodes that there's a chance it could have spread somewhere else with us without us knowing yet. Right. So I thought I'm gonna do the chemo. If there's if it's somewhere it's gonna the chemo's gonna kill it and I'm gonna be right. good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the attitude I took, that's why I did it, and then I just Kept moving forward from there, and every year, I mean, I've had as at the beginning there'd be lots of tests after, um, so every year I got less and less with it, with the tests. But I just decided I'm cancer free, and that's the attitude I was going to take. So now, basically, where I'm at because it's been twenty odd years since since the whole thing, I basically don't have to do any more tests anymore i'm good awesome. he goes we don't need to see each other ever again unless you want to go have a beer somewhere perfect so i'm good with that yeah, perfect yeah. yeah so over a period of time you know you get to a point where you're not yeah. doing, you're not showing any other symptoms or things like that i'm setting you free and so. you can walk away yeah for sure yeah. Truly, truly inspirational uh you sharing your story and you've you've said it before, but uh, let's talk more about that, the importance of family and, and what family means to you as you were facing this challenge. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I got to say family was, was, was everything for me. My own, my own, my own family, first of all, to be there for them was a huge thing for me. Yeah. And that's why I think I fought so hard. Right. But my family gave me so much support. Yeah. It was, I, and it didn't even like just hearing their voice or or just being around them. Nobody had to say anything. It was right. just you know just having them there. And really, they might have thought they weren't really doing anything. But for me to and have them, yeah, yeah, it didn't have to be like I didn't want it also to be the only thing we talked about or the only thing that I was living. You know, like I mean, I had I wanted to live my life. Right. I mean, sure, I was going through a cancer thing, but. I had my life to live as well, and yeah. I didn't want to focus on that. I mean, sure, I had to do what I had to do to continue on, but my family really helped me do that. They just gave me the support, especially those times where I was in the hospital, and even just coming to the hospital and visiting. And I know it was hard for Tom because he was away, but you know, our, our brother Greg, he just came and sat, and we didn't even really talk much. We just, he just. Sat there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, actually, he probably, I think he fell asleep. <laughs> so he, probably, he, probably took, he probably took it as it's hard to relax. <laughs> so, but, I mean, the fact that he came and, and spent the time with me. And, and I know Tom came down on Earth, like, before I was operating on, which meant a huge deal to me. You know, right. just to have that support mm -hmm. and to know that they were that they were there for me. Okay, they weren't always physically right there, but I could 
Yeah, I knew they were. Yeah. Truly, can't un underestimate the the importance of that family and the, and the love and support that comes along with it. Yeah, we all need it, and we're going to continue to need it. But uh, it, it makes such a difference. And I know one of our episodes, the whole "I love you, man" thing yeah. came up. It's no different. It, don't be afraid to tell your family that you love them because. Yeah. As much as you're, you're right, Chris. You don't need to say anything to feel it. Yeah, those words do mean something. So oh yeah, don't, don't it's always nice to hear those words. So sure. all it is, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just, I just want to. I, I know we've kind of moved off on, but I just want to tell a story about um, providing hope to to someone. I <clears throat> got this phone call from a lady. She was friends of parents at my wife's school. And she had been diagnosed with stomach cancer, just like me. So she she said, do you mind if she phones you? I said, not at all. Yeah. I said, here's my number. I won't phone her. I want you to phone me. That way yeah. there's no pressure. Uh, yeah. So she phoned me on, on Christmas Eve. And she said to me, I'm sitting on my couch telling myself I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. She just kept saying that to me. I said, you know what? You need to stop right now. And just sit on the couch and tell yourself, I'm going to live. I'm going to live. I'm going to live. Exactly. I think she was being operated on on Boxing Day. And uh, she was out at UBC Hospital. And so I think it was before New Year's. I went out to see I, I never met her before. I went out to see her. Really? And um, introduced myself. She was... I said, I just told her, I said, listen, I just wanted to introduce myself and let you know that you can do this. I said, two years ago, I was in that bed where right. you are right now yeah. and said, and here I am. So I just want you to know you can do this. Yeah. So uh, it, comes to, it comes back to hope, like giving someone hope about, about surviving and conquering. And right. So that's one of the things about being diagnosed with cancer that I turned into a positive as I was able to help people. Yeah. And um, it was just, it's funny because I don't know if, if you know people, I mean, everybody knows somebody that's had cancer or survived yeah. it. Yeah. And sometimes people say it's probably one of the, it sounds funny, but it's probably one of the luckiest things that's ever happened to me. Right. Because like I said before, you prioritize about what's important in your life. For me, that was one thing. Helping other people go through their journey with it as much as possible. That's, I mean, that's pretty, pretty yeah. cool thing to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and then we've raised money through, through um, the run that we've always done. So you say that so flippantly, that's like, does that work flippantly? Flippantly. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. work, right? Yeah. So tell us more about that because yeah. there it's, it's truly impressive what, what you, yeah, what you do I with mean, that, right? So. Yeah, and it's funny how that all worked out. We um, we went through this whole situation, and it was actually, I think it was the last trip to the cancer clinic for my chemo treatment, and we're driving through Coquitlam, and we see this relay for a friend, it was called, right. back then. And we're going, oh, I wonder what that's about. And then, and then it, we saw that it was to do with uh, raising money for cancer research, and, and Sarah says, you know what? We need to do this. Oh, wow. It was just like on yeah. the way, yeah. our last trip to the to yeah. the cancer clinic, and we see this sign, and so we said, "Yeah." 
so anyways, the, we decided to, obviously it's a fundraising yeah. event. So we put a team together and I can't remember how much we raised the first year. Yeah, it's a team of 12. I said, so over the years, we've had one team of 12. I think we had, we entered one year, we had eight to 10 teams. Oh, wow. And it just grew. Yeah. And we were in the, in the family category. And actually, I think for years, we were raising the most money. Awesome. Yeah. So awesome. over the years, we've raised over $250,000 for cancer research. So, I mean, that's, yeah. So that's the thing is you find positives in, in these experiences yeah. and try to make a difference that way, right? Yeah. So. So again, applaud you for all that money that you raised for cancer research. But that, I know, is not what meant the most to you during those runs. No. So share that with us, right? So, well, okay. Probably the, the biggest thing for that run is there's the survivor lap. Oh. So um, I've told that story before where I got to share that survivor lap with my mom, nice. who's a survivor, and yeah. the sister, mm -hmm. our sister. Yeah. So that that's a big deal Yeah. to go around and hold their hands and have everybody cheer you on. and Yeah. And it, 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 it's not just a survivor lap, it's, it's survivors, it's people that are going through it at the time. So it's, 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 it's a very emotional thing to experience, but to experience that with your mother and, and your sister is even more, it's, it's, it's one of the best things about the run. Right, yeah. Well, Chris, truly inspirational what you shared with us today. I'm sure the listeners are going to get, to say the least, more than something out of this episode. Fortunately, I'm hearing that music again, Wilkie. I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do about that music, but uh, I just want to mention a few things uh, to our listeners. First of all, as, a, as I sit and listen from my own experience lately, the, the whole idea that early detection is so important these days. So you have to make sure you talk to your family doctor and get the testing that's that's necessary so that if you face the challenge like Chris did, then you'll have a leg up on this and you'll be a conqueror as well. That is so important. Is it easy? No, it's not. We have no idea what life will serve us day to day, but during those times when it decides to test you to the extreme, steady the course remember, there is always hope to be found in the worst of situations. How a positive attitude will make a difference and does make a difference? Take a holistic approach in dealing with any life challenge. So many times, adversity is the spark of something greater. Consider it a life opportunity. Remember, always take advantage of the moment before the moment takes advantage of you. To learn more about eWalkabout, please visit us at eWalkabout.ca. Thanks, Chris. Thank you.